1: Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content. Because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premiere sets the standard. Be Premiere. <laughs>
2: Everybody's got a price just a million dollars
1: What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back for another episode of Everybody's Got a Pod. And, of course, I'm joined, as always, by the million-dollar man himself, the Hall of Famer Ted DiBiase. Ted, how you doing, my friend?
2: I'm doing great, Marcus. How are you today?
1: The man could not hope to be better. We are really, really rolling here on Everybody's Got a Pod. And, and you know, it's something I keep seeing online is people asking, when are you going to do Mid-South? When are you going to talk more about this or that? Oh, and, wow, you know, man. really, it's a, a peek behind the curtain. A lot of it has been like, hey, look, we got to build this thing up. So, like, we're right. going to play the hits at first with, with WWF material. But now, <laughs> finally, Ted, it's going to be our first <laughs> episode about Mid-South wrestling. And we're, we're turning the clock back 40 years to July 1983. Oh, my and,
2: gosh. man. Well, I hope that this old man, <laughs> this guy who's about to be 70 in January, can remember. You, know, so you can tweak my memory.
1: <laughs> I will jog your memory. We've got a ton of notes. We've got some great clips this week as well. But, man, it's, I'm with you. Somebody tries to remind me of something that happened 10 years ago, and I'm like, yeah, nope, don't remember that. <laughs> so, uh, so But nobody's taking notes on my life. We've got all the notes here, so we're going to be ready to go. All right. Uh, before we get started though, I wanted to ask to ask our listeners, have you subscribed yet on YouTube at youtube.com/slash at everybody's got a pod? If not, you better get with the program, man, because not only do we have content you won't want to miss there, including YouTube exclusives that you won't hear anywhere else, but we also did a huge giveaway to kick off the show in uh, May. And we have more on the way. All you've got to do to be eligible is get over there, subscribe, and you're automatically entered for the for all future giveaways. Again, it's YouTube.com slash at Everybody's Got a Pod. Takes only a few seconds to subscribe and you're immediately entered to win amazing prizes. Uh, so, yeah, Ted, looking back to July 1983 this week, there's a ton to cover. Um, I think that... You know, the right approach when it comes to covering your time in Mid-South is we want to squeeze every ounce of information out. So we're just going to drop in on specific months here and there. And I think that that's going to be our best bet as far as okay. kind of getting all of the information we can. Um, well, I, let
2: me just start by saying this, you know. Um, in the summer of 75 is when um, I mean, I, I was I would I had just completed my uh, junior year of college at West Texas State and the summer previous you know that the previous summer i had worked as a referee in Mm -hmm. pro wrestling and uh so this summer this is the the year that uh dick murdoch said hey i'm gonna going to work for bill watts in uh, mid-south and it's a big territory and uh, he says if you want to get your feet wet i can see about getting you booked and he did And so, you know, the first guy I ever went to work for was Cowboy Bill Watts in Mid-South, and hindsight being what hindsight is, I look back at that as a real blessing because uh, Bill Watts is one of the sharpest guys that I've ever met in terms of his understanding of the psychology of wrestling,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. professional wrestling, and uh, just, you know, I mean, like there's a lot of guys that, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, he had a bad rep with a lot of people because, you know, a lot of guys thought they should have been paid better and and maybe maybe they should have, but there were you know, you know. But Bill didn't put up with any BS. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you're either on board or there's the door. You know, take it or leave it
1: man he's he is uh, a polarizing character in some circles uh most people do regard him as being a a wrestling genius and let me say going back and watching a lot of this mid-south stuff i I can see why people view him in that light because a lot of it is really really great entertaining stuff um but yeah it's uh you know seeing as this is our first mid-south episode ted uh, let's start here. Bill as as you mentioned before is strong personality. It's kind of a, my way or the highway type approach. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, we've also mentioned on the show before how he and Jake never got along. I spoke yeah. to Jim Duggan about him before and, uh, Duggan said that Bill could be a bully. Yeah. Uh, now you personally, did you ever experience any issues of that nature with him or was it all good?
2: You know, uh, my, my relationship with Bill has been, you know, pretty, you know, Affable, I guess, is, What would you say, because, you know, I never uh, I, I never heard any, any confrontations with him. I mean, it's kind of like uh, I learned a lot by watching Bill in terms of, you know, and, and, and I guess, you know, you know, and, you know, Jake's personality. Um, and of course, you know, uh, you know, the other part of it is, you know, like Jake's dad worked for Bill. Yes, and, and I don't know if any of that enters into it because Jake and I have never really talked about it. But, uh, you know, no, Bill wasn't one of Jake's favorite people. Uh, but, I mean, it's kind of like the main thing for most guys is, you know, like, uh, you know, how how you're taken care of. And, you know, uh, because I started there and, and because, and, I mean, I was there for like a little over a year and then I went back to work in Texas where I had played football in the funk territory, mm-hmm. what was considered the Amarillo territory for a while. Uh, and, you know, then I went uh, very briefly to New York. But then when I came back from New York, I went back to work for Bill. And it, and then then I went to Georgia, you know. And yes. then when I left Georgia, I went back to work for Bill because, you know, in my opinion, it was one of the I mean, it was kinda like he does it right. And, and and I have no it's kinda like if you're a professional wrestler in those days, you could you could always say, you know, I should be paid more. But again, being that it's kinda like and until Vince McMahon took the WWF and went national with it, there wasn't any place else. I mean, it's like you're either gonna, you know, you're either, you're either gonna go to another territory. And, you know, you're going to have the same issue there. Uh, the promoter, you know, you're always going to feel like he should, should pay you more. And, and there, were, there were some times when uh, I felt like, yeah, I should have gotten a little more. But, not, you know, because I never did that, I never did complain. I, and in the long run, I feel like I got treated better.
1: Interesting, you know, because that is kind of uh, the the rap on wrestlers, you know, especially back in the territory days when it was like, you know, all handshake deals is that, you know, you would hear that a lot of the guys back in the day, if they didn't like a payoff, they were coming to the guy and saying, hey, look, you know, we had a house like this. I think I should have been paid like that. Um, So interesting uh, to hear that, you know, you weren't falling under that category. Um, Well, you know, my
2: kind of of the way I looked at it is like, when you look at that and you – you go and you complain and nothing happens (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's kind of like okay if if you went and you complained and you got more money well okay then if it happens again i'll complain again but i didn't see anybody that was complaining that was ever given an, an extra dime
1: right so, that's that's it too. And yeah. you know, you, you, we also hear all the time that guys will complain about creative and they'll say, okay, what, what do you have in mind? And they're like, well, nothing. I just, I don't like your stuff. And it's like, well, that's not the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you're going to complain, you better have a backup plan.
2: Well, and that's, and that, and again, I mean, even Bill said that, I mean, he said uh, we can agree to disagree, you know, he says, but he says, if, if you don't like something, then when you come to me and tell me you don't like it, don't just come and tell me you don't like it. Tell me what else we can do. Mm-hmm. You know, give me a, a better idea.
1: So anyway, um, now I do want to ask: Did you ever see him bullying other talents? You know, I, I hear stories all the time about him kind of being rough with guys. Maybe like a, a good example is him saying that he wanted to see guys uh, attack a little bit more fiercely in the ring. And I think this actually happened to Arn Anderson. He just hauled off and just punched Arn <laughs> like, to kind of show guys, you know, what, what he wanted to see out there in the ring. You ever witnessed any of that?
2: Well, no, I never, you know, I never witnessed that. I mean, and I know Arn real well. I, I think Arn <laughs> would have said something to me about it. But, I mean, I, I never saw anything. But I, I guess, you know, yeah, I mean, Bill could be a bit of a bully. But uh, just – you know it's like relationships and and a lot a lot of the guys that 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 uh really voiced an angst about bill you know they, they weren't exactly the you know the best guys in the world either. It's kind of like sometimes it's you know you you know i don't
1: know no i don't I, I, I don't, don't,
2: don't want to knock anybody.
1: No, no, uh, and they, look like a, a guy like Jake with his strong personality, I don't see him meshing well with a guy like Bill who also has a strong personality, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's, as we know, there's there's a lot more to discuss with Mid-South. I'm sure that we'll, we'll return to the subject of Bill Watts uh, in the future. In the meantime, though, we're heading into July 1983, and you have a quote-unquote broken hand after Duggan jumped you in a parking lot, which rendered you unable to defend your Mid-South tag team titles with Mr. Olympia. You would sign the power of attorney for title defenses to Boris who def- who would defend the title in your place. But because Zirkoff and Olympia had lost to Jim Duggan and Johnny Rich recently, you no, long, you no longer trusted Zirkoff to defend the, the gold. So, near the end of June, Zirkoff and Olympia would have a non-title rematch against Duggan and Rich. And while you're still out due to injury, on the first episode from July, we have a recap from the final minutes of that match.
0: Two weeks ago, Ted DiBiase claimed his doctor said his hand was not yet healed. And he got out of another confrontation with Duggan when Duggan and Rich we're supposed to wrestle DiBiase and Mr. Olympia. So the match was Dugan and Rich against Mr. Olympia and Boris Zerkov. But DiBiase came in from behind to make the kill. And let's see what happened. All four men in the ring, boy. It's just into to a Donnie Brook. Oh, Albert Neely got clobbered and Johnny Rich on the floor. But Axel Dugan, he's pounding Boris Zerkov. He's caught Mr. Olympia. Here comes Ted DiBiase. With that cast, he lowered the boom on Johnny Rich with that cast. He's going for Dugan. But Dugan's cutting. The big cheese. Oh, look at the cast. And Dugan is cramming that cast. And Dugan's ripped it. Looking at the glove. DiBiase has the glove. in. DiBiase's hand's not hurt. He's got the glove. And now, Akbar's kicking Dugan. DiBiase loading the glove. Deliberately, DiBiase is punishing Dugan. He's he's pounding Dugan. He's pounding Dugan. Tim Hunter came. Tim Hunter came trying to help DiBiase. Just decked him. He just decked Art Cruz. Dugan just powered up. Hacksaw Dugan just powered out and went for DBS and Akbar but couldn't catch him they got on their skates and got out of there but axon Dugan he's tearing everything down
1: I don't <laughs> care who you are that's a fun angle <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man, yeah, yeah. the the those him the breaking
1: days. apart the 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 what whatever it's called the plaster of Paris yeah and uh your black glove is underneath man yeah. that is great stuff <laughs> yeah those uh, are good times so what can you tell us about the origins of your now infamous loaded black glove ted who who came up with that idea
2: well you know the
1: uh,
2: you know when i you know when i i guess i guess it was bill's idea to turn me heel you know and um because he thought i was i was ready for it and uh of course the thing about uh, especially there. Like if I had gone to another territory and just went in as a heel. Okay. The thing that made turning me a heel really hot is that I had started in Mid-South. All the fans knew that they knew I, I, you know, when I first started there, I came in as, as Dick Murdoch's protege. And, you know, they told that Bill told that story, you know, uh, you know, DiBiase comes from a background of wrestlers. His late father, Iron Mike DiBiase, you know, and it would be proud of him. Da 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 da. And and I was I was you know I, I got I got to be a big baby face. And he so, saw so the the hotter you are as a baby face, if you turn, oh my gosh, it's kind of like all the people in that territory had watched me grow up, so to speak, and had been big fans, and now I turn heel. It's like I'm turning on them. Yeah, and and oh my gosh, that the heat was hot. uh I think the the idea of the of the glove was Bill's, you know, because I think we 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 did a deal before, uh leading up because he would he would set things up weeks in advance, and we did this deal where I you know I, out on the floor and I I went to I can't remember who it was I went to hit somebody and they moved and I hit the post you know with my hand and. So I sell my hand and I'll sell my hand. And then so I go to the doctor and they, you know, they, they do the whole deal. Of course, I didn't go to the doctor. Uh, and so I get this, you know, we made this this cast for my hand. And, and uh, I wore that cast for, you know, for a while and would use it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then when the cast came off, you know, uh, you know, there was there was the black the, the black glove. And, uh, you know, you know, and watch tells a story. It's kind of like, you know, DBS, has been setting this up for, for, for weeks now. And then the people look back and they go, yeah, you know, you know, and, and it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like when you get betrayed by a really good friend, you know, it hurts. And that's how the fans were it's like now they went from loving me to just absolutely hating my guts
1: <laughs> and that I'm was in. what we wanted. And man, you sold it perfectly. You know, it's uh, the other thing I noticed that I thought was really great was that you pulled the the weight or whatever it was to load the black glove out, and then you put your hand way up in the air and put the weight in. So it's like, okay, everybody... So everybody
2: can see what I'm doing, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, just like man, to, uh, some old old because uh, you want to play to the to the audience way way up in the upper deck too. Yeah, you know, so yeah. everybody can see it. There's no mistaking what you're doing. Just you know, it, fun to see kind of the tricks of the trade, even back in those days when you were still a young man in the business. Yes, sir. Um, so Jerry Stubbs is the man under the mask. Is Mr. Olympia great physique? Uh, looks like a pretty big guy too. What did you think of working with him? And why do you think he never got a shot with Vince in the WWF?
2: No, I don't know. Uh, you know, Jerry Jerry was a good hand, but I mean, he like wasn't like. A, I guess you know, like he was, you know, I he, he was not, he wasn't a leader, so to speak. Mm. You know, it's kind of like you know he would not be the guy to call the match. I got gotcha. you. Know, you know, it was like uh, uh, if he was in the ring with somebody that could lead him well. He, you know, he, you know, he did really, really well, uh, and a nice, a real nice guy, real nice guy. I got to be good friends with him, uh, but you know, just not a. Uh, I, I, you know, it's hard to to put it into words, but you know, you you when somebody is the top tier it's kind of like i guess charisma now jerry had some charisma but he didn't have, you know he didn't have like the jyb charisma he didn't have that over the top you know uh uh you know it's hard to explain you know like he uh you got to be good in the ring but you also have to be good on the microphone mm-hmm. and he wasn't so good on the microphone
1: Yeah. And, you know, look, it's, uh, you were talking about kind of taking charge in the ring. And a lot of people I've heard them refer to you over the years as a ring general, where it's like, you're one of those guys who like, no matter what the situation is, no matter how it might devolve or what could happen, you know, the way out of it and you know, you know how to continue to work the match and maybe Jerry just didn't have that in him.
2: Yeah. And, and, and he really didn't, you know, uh, if he was led, he was great. But, but again, it's kind of like, uh, There's, it's kind of like there's, there's charisma and then there's holy, holy shit charisma. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like uh JYD. JYD, technically, JYD was not a great wrestler, but JYD had charisma. Oh my gosh. Over the top. You know, his personality was so strong and the way he delivered was so strong. And, uh, and I can remember when I turned heel and now, you know, the guy who had been the best man at my wedding and, and all of that, you know, now, you know, uh, I've, i betrayed him and I'm going to be wrestling him. Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that was hot. And, you know, uh, and I asked, I remember asking Terry Funk, I said, you know, J Y D is an unbelievable personality, great on the microphone, said, but, his ring skills are limited, and he basically said that he says, "You know what, you got to kind of put him in the middle of the ring and work around it. Yeah. You know, you have to make certain things happen." And you know, once I grasped to that, and I said, "Okay, I, I got it." You know, and 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 again, uh, and again, JYD was very, you know, I mean, because we were good friends, you know the you know the last thing, the last thing, and, and I never would, you know. You know, you can take advantage of people out there and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never, I never would do that. And I never did it to him and, and help it by making him, uh, helping make him a huge star. All it was going to do was help my, ch- my check too. It's going to help my money.
1: Absolutely. So, Cause that, yeah. that red hot baby face needs somebody to oppose and you're it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after turning on him like that. Awesome. And, you know, speaking of JYD, he and Duggan are set to take yourself and Mr. Olympia on the next week in a title match. But before the bell rings, the whole thing erupts into a brawl and Olympia is slammed into the ring post, which renders him unable to defend the titles. Grizzly Smith comes out and declares that Akbar needs to find you a substitute partner. And you're joined by King Kong Bundy. The match would end in disqualification as Butch Reed interferes against his enemy, JYD. Uh, so you aligned with Skandar Akbar here after the storyline falling out with Duggan. I've heard that Akbar was really, really well-liked behind the scenes and was only oh. willing to help young talents.
2: He, oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, Skandar Akbar, his real name was Jim Weba, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and he was, you know, you look at him, and you know, he wasn't very tall, and all that but you put him in the gym oh my gosh i mean you know uh get, get under the uh get under the bench you know and take 350 pounds and 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 and, and do 10 reps with it <laughs> the guy was really strong and uh, just his uh, i mean he had it I, I mean when you watch him be skandar akbar <laughs> he was uh, he was good he was good at it. He could. He could, uh, he could. He had. He had a way of, you know, pissing everybody off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've heard uh, Tom Pritchard say that Akbar was one of those guys who, behind the scenes, like he would take a young guy aside and it, willing to teach him and and show him the ropes, so to speak. Uh, would yeah. you say that y- you were learning stuff from Akbar by this time? Were you pretty well Absol- set in your way? Oh, no,
2: absolutely. I mean, because you know he was there. Um, I can't remember if he was there right when I started. But he was he was there a, a, a good deal of the time, and and, and that's true about him, you know. Uh, if he saw if he if he saw somebody that had the it factor, he would he would go out of his way to to help him if they'd let him. And uh, I was always open to anything Jim had to say. Jim, Skandar Akbar. <laughs> I'll tell you what,
1: hearing, hearing him called Jim is a very distinct difference <laughs> yeah. between Skandar Akbar. <laughs> okay, guys, let's take a quick break to talk about taking care of some serious business. And I'm talking about taking care of business in the bedroom. And if you're trying to take care of business, you need to try Blue Chew. Guys, let's just take a minute to talk about sex. You remember back in the day when you were always ready to go? Well... With a little help from Blue Chew, you can get that thing so hard you could take it hunting. It's gonna help increase your performance and regain that old confidence in bed. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready when the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And you wanna know the best part? It's all done online. No awkward visits to the doctor's office, no weird conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy anymore. Blue Chew's tablets are made right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package, but of course there'll be nothing discreet about your package. Look, guys, I ordinarily like to try things before I make any kind of a commitment, and, you know, because you want to find out is this actually going to work? Will it work for me? Well, that's, that's got to be the best part of this whole thing. With our deal, you can try it for a month for free. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. This whole time, you and your partner may have been having the best sex of your whole life and been missing out on it without even knowing. So why not just give Bluetooth a shot? Just find out. You know, when you can get it for a month for free with only $5 shipping, it's silly not to just give it a try. Women are attracted to confidence and Blue Chew can help to give you confidence where it counts the very most. Don't wait any longer. Let's chew it and do it. Take advantage of our special deal. Again, you can try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code EGAP at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code EGAP, and receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Well, I mentioned, you know, you're tag teaming with King Kong Bundy here. The rap on Bundy at the time was that maybe he had a tendency at times to be a little lazy. Uh, Bruce Pritchard does a really funny impression of Ernie Ladd talking to King Kong Bundy. Have you ever heard this before? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jake does it, too. It always yeah. cracks me up whenever I hear it. Uh, I mean, uh, you're teaming with him. What did you think of the guy?
2: Uh, not nice guy. Uh Uh, great big guy yeah but yeah he he could be a little bit lazy (laughs) (laughs) and maybe not so i mean it's like he was uh you know he wasn't bad on the microphone
1: no he was you know
2: he he was good on the microphone and i think that was to you know that was he was better on the microphone than he was in the ring Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know and so that's where the help needed to be and so and and so but he was also you know uh you know he wasn't a problem in other words you know he, he wouldn't what are you he, actually a funny guy but i remember i remember ernie ladd when he, he was the Bucker <laughs> monday <laughs> that's
1: uh, an ernie ladd impression from you is exactly what i was hoping for when i brought that up oh, so yeah. i'm glad you did it oh gosh yeah
2: my <laughs> <laughs> you're stealing money Oh yeah, just stealing money. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's what he'd say. He'd damn all the time.
1: My God. Just amazing. Um well and so Ted, here you are, you're teaming with this variety of folks here. You got Mr. Olympia, you've got, you know, you had been teaming with, with Bourne and Duggan previously. Um, and now here you are teaming up with King Kong Bundy. What is what is the trick or the difference between teaming with somebody like Mr. Olympia, kind of a smaller, more athletic guy, and a big dude like King Kong Bundy?
2: Well, again, it's it's uh, it's the psychology using the match. It's kind of like with somebody like, uh, you know, Mr. Olympia, you know, he was he he had all kinds of moves and all that. But, you know, Bundy was limited as to what he could do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it was kind of like with him as my partner, I had I had to create more of the action in the ring.
1: If if you know what I mean.
2: Yes. And uh, I I don't know. There's, I don't know any other way to say that.
1: Well, it's, and it's kind of like, as opposed to maybe kind of doing some, you know, tag in, tag out stuff with Mr. Olympia, maybe it's more of like a build toward, okay, when's Bundy going to get in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, hey, we mentioned Grizzly Smith. He has become kind of a tough subject to discuss in recent in recent years, especially with some of the testimonials about him from Jake and some of his his other children. Uh, he was he was in a prominent role here with Watts. What can you tell us about being around Grizz at this time?
2: Uh, you know, I you know had no. Well, I didn't know any of those things about him. You know, for the longest time, I mean. I can't. I'm. You know. I remember the first time, and I can't even remember who told me. You know that. You know he liked really young girls, mm-hmm. and I was like, my eyes just went. What? I mean, I was actually kind of shocked. I mean, I never saw it. Uh, I, you know, I never witnessed it myself. Uh, and you know, I, you know, I, I never had a problem with Grizz. Grizz was like the. He was like the agent for Bill. He was the that showed up every night, and here's here's what you got to do tonight, and you know, and he would all, you know, he would collect the money and report back to Bill.
1: All right, well, so you take on Tim Horner on the seven seven episode of Mid South Wrestling and score a victory. And uh, later in the same episode, a young Arn Anderson would team up with Big Boy Williams against Doctor Death and Joe Stark. Arn was just a year into his career at the time, and he names you as a huge influence on his career. Uh, and actually his first mentor. Here's a clip from AA's podcast, Arn, where he describes what you meant to him at this time.
3: been friends through uh, this entire close to 40 years. He was my first mentor. He was the first guy that I came back through the curtain uh, for Bill Watts, my first territory, first match of the night. And lo and behold, who did I see? Ted DiBiase. And he said, uh, you know, you got a minute. I said, absolutely. Absolutely. You bet. He said, well, I watched your match and and this was good. This was okay. This was rotten. Take that out. Move this around a little bit. Try that tomorrow. He was on top, not only in that territory, I would suggest he was recognized as one of the top heels and in the business at that time. For him to take the time to help me was just, it was unbelievable. And uh, at the end of the five months, <clears throat> and I got the spot in Atlanta with Matt Bourne and, and Paul Ellering, he, just as, you know, the last time I saw Teddy, he said, hey, let's stay in touch, da 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 da. Because da. I had traveled with him, you know, to a few towns. He let me travel with him. And of course, I was driving his car, obviously he was sound asleep. He broke the card in the rule, but what was I going to say? Um, but he said, let's stay in touch. And, uh, I said, Hey, I don't know, you know, how I'll ever thank you you know, just for, for the mentoring and, and helping me. He said, here's how you can thank me. If you ever see a guy that has the right attitude, has some ability, uh, that you think deserves it, you help him and we'll just pay it forward.
1: Man, I had to include that. I thought it was just such a cool story from Arne wow. uh, about you and his his experience with you during like a really pivotal pivotal time in his career where he's trying yeah. to kind of kind of build himself. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you saw in a young Arne Anderson at this time?
2: Well, you know, uh, I guess the biggest thing that I saw in Arne was he. You know, I, I always say this. It's it's almost it's hard to explain what I call the it factor. You either have it or you don't have it. And if you if you have that, if you have that charisma, if you have that ability to engage the the, the, the fans and connect with them, so to speak. It's kinda of like that goes a long way because and and here's a young guy starting out, but I could tell he's got it. And that's why I took the time to 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 like mentor him. A, a, a little bit, uh, because I knew that you know. That I, I just, I didn't. I you know, uh, to myself I said, "This this kid's going to go a long way. He's going he's going to be somebody in our business," and it's because uh, he had that. I mean, like you can take a lot of, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it works like with uh, other actors or whatever, but but I, I've actually seen a couple of guys get in the ring and if if you were to just grade them by what they did okay okay they they had an okay match but if they don't have that spark you can't teach it and that that's what's so hard to get guys to understand you either have it or you don't and it's kind of like to me uh, probably, in my opinion, one of the greatest entertainers of all time, and he definitely had it, was Elvis Presley. Oh, my gosh. I mean, from day one, you know, uh, it's kind of like back when you look at, look at him and, and uh, when he was first on stage before he got ultra famous and and uh, you know, and just the way he danced and the way he presented himself. I mean, you know, you can't teach anybody that. You know, it's like you just know, I and mean, it's like that's I'm sure that's what Colonel Parker saw. And when he saw what that kid had, he he said, "I want to be your guy." And, and you know, that's just it. It's and so Arne had it. You know, and uh, and and the other thing was he's just he was just a good person. And and again, uh, and what he said, you know, you know, he, he came and he said he was grateful too. He said, "Thanks for helping me." And uh, I said, "Well, you deserve it." So and he proved it. Um, you know, I was right. He had it. And uh, later he got the, a chance to really show it.
1: Man, cool cool to see kind of the connective tissue between the two of you, especially because, as you said, here in just a couple of years, you know, you'll be in the WWF, and he's making his way uh, in a huge way with the Four Horsemen and going on to have a Hall of Fame career himself. So really cool to learn that you were you were such a huge influence on, on a young Arn Anderson when he's just a year into the business. Yeah. Um, so, Ted, you've heard the phrase, turnabout is fair play. And after your fake broken hand a couple weeks earlier, Johnny Rich had a little surprise in store for, for you on the 714 episode. It's our next clip.
2: Sivan is for one fall with a 10-minute time limit. In the red corner at 268 pounds from Omaha, Nebraska, Ted DiBiase. And I see that Ted DiBiase's opponent, Johnny Rich comes to the ring with trousers on and his hand in a bandage. What is this? You know, I was injured in a match a little bit earlier and uh,
3: I seen the doctor and uh, he told me that I shouldn't wrestle with it. So, uh, I'm going to have a substitute today. DeBiase, you well, most of all. Mean, of that's the sorriest understand
2: excuse I've ever heard. There's nothing wrong with your head. You you're just it. afraid, Rich. That's you're okay. just a coward. I've got somebody. Just tell these people somebody, to do that. You're just a coward. i got somebody that'll take care of you, DeBiase. I don't know what you got, Rich. Just get on out of here. You most of I, all I, all don't I don't even like it. looking at cowards. You you just know. get on out of Well, Johnny Rich says that he has a substitute, but we're waiting on that substitute right now. I don't know if this has been approved by nights maker Grizzly Smith or not, but we'll soon find out. Well, Johnny Rich says, he says that he had uh here he comes. That substitute is
0: Hacksaw Duggan. Uh-oh, uh-oh, looks like payback time. Dibiase got away with that broken hand until Duggan broke the cast. dugan has been wanting a showdown with Dibiase right here on TV. It looks like he and Johnny Rich have cooked up a little scheme here. You know? And Hacksaw Dugan is really punishing him. hes I, He must be pulling DiBiase's hair right out by the roots, Boyd. they really oh, out. Oh, stop. DiBiase's face Both really men. met. DiBiase is really getting popped now. Wow. The fans are on their feet. Watch yeah. there's Bundy Ford, and he's got... Bundy's got that whole arm taped up. Bundy's got that arm, and he's clubbing Dugan. He threw Rick out of the rig, Rick super signified for the disqualification, but that's not going to save Dugan as Bundy like he did to Dustin Rhodes, the American Dream. He's got that whole arm clubbed, and he's just clubbing it. And now DiBiase's up, and it's two on one. DiBiase's holding him, and there's the plan. Here comes Joe Stark. Joe Stark is in, but DiBiase's popping Stark, and Stark is in, and he's right back out, and there still. Here comes Johnny Rich. Johnny Rich is clubbing away. But Bundy just Bundy's 423. Well, here's Magnum. Bells ringing. It's a brawl with DiBiase, and they're still putting The crowd is just this, this place in pandemonium. Here comes, here comes JYD, and King Rat's trying to meet the dog. But you can't stop the dog with a machine.
1: <laughs> Another fucking clip there, Ted. Man, between you and Bundy and Rich, everybody was taped up on their hand this month. What is, what is going on?
2: <laughs> oh, wow. That brings back some memories, man. You remember uh, that? I do. I do now, now that I saw it. Yeah, wow. Great.
1: Jogs the memory a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and cool to see you and Jim. You know, it's you guys had been in the Rat Pack with Matt Bourne here not all that long ago. And then, of course, you know, Matt Bourne was dismissed and you wound up running off with uh, Skandar Akbar. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it here before. Jim, just a fantastic performer in his own right, but not quite the ring technician that you were. Uh, did you have to adjust your style much like the same concept with with JYD, where, hey, just put him in the center of the ring and work around him? Or how did it work with Jim?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I, I think Jim was a little more. Uh, I mean, I mean, oh, my gosh, you know, you, you see what you saw there. What, what Jim ended up doing. Bean was very good on a microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, you know he could really cut a, a promo. And uh, yeah, when you know, working with a guy like that, and and again, this is back. I had some. I had some years on Jim. Jim had just, you know, he hadn't been he hadn't been wrestling professionally that long, and uh, uh, so I was able to. It's kind of like when you work with somebody. It's kind of like, and that's, I'd say it this way: when I started in mid south, the talent that I was exposed to, the guys that I had the opportunity to get in the ring with and have matches with, that taught me, uh, that helped me uh, come along. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just so grateful for that. You know, and 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 again, I I look back at it and I go, wow, because Bill Watts, you know. He brought a lot of great talent into, into Mid-South and they came and they went. And I, I reaped the benefit and learned how to be a a worker. But, and and so did Jim, uh, you know, uh, again, Jim, Jim, great. Jim is great on the microphone and, uh, uh, everybody's got a different style. And he was that rough and tumble guy. (laughs) It was, uh, it was,
1: it was, it was great. Man, is it cool to see it. And yeah, like Jim is, you know, I, I know that a lot of folks nowadays are very focused on like, you know, star ratings, five star matches, stuff like that. But really, it's, you know, Jim is kind of the precursor to those brawling guys, kind of like a Stone Cold where it's like he comes out and he's just beating the shit out of everybody. And that was just <laughs> yeah, Jim. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. Um. And man, he got over in a big way in that territory. And then, of course, yeah. went on to have incredible success in the WWF. Uh, also yeah. notable. Oh, go yeah. ahead.
2: And, and you know making a comparison to like that and and stone cold i mean you know uh steve austin uh, again you know had charisma ha- had charisma could cut the uh, best interview that, that you ever had and but that's what he was he was a brawler and, and it's kind of like uh you know you know steve austin started as a heel correct
1: uh, yes, yes, I sir. I mean,
2: and and here's the deal: you start as a heel, and you're and you're that, and that and you're that good. Uh, it's like, and he, it's the kind of heel he was. He was what we call a tough guy heel. Mm-hmm. And and if you're a tough guy, I wasn't the tough guy heel. I was what we call the uh, the the chicken shit heel. Yes, so it was kind of like. I would run my mouth, but then when I got in trouble, I'm on my knees backing up going, no, 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 no. <laughs> you never get tired of seeing that guy get his butt kicked. Right. You know, but when you're a tough guy heel, it's only a matter of time before the fa- you're going to be at babyface because people love tough guys. And, you know, when, when he continued to be uh, Steve Austin, the tough guy, uh over over time the fans will turn you and that's what happened to him
1: for sure and look austin started out as more of a technician but then he suffered that neck injury in 1997 and he had to adjust his style and really after 97 is when his star really started to rise because it it fit with him he he became that brawler and it just worked and it worked for jim so i don't i don't care what kind of star rating jim duggan gets in his matches the guy was fantastic oh yeah absolutely uh, and, so hey, one of
2: one of my best
1: buddies, too, man, you will not meet a nicer human being in professional yeah, wrestling than Jim right. Duggan. Uh, also notable at this time is that Butch Reed will defeat JYD at the Superdome for the North American title. JYD was about a year away from his jump to the WWF at this time. But do you think that Watts was kind of preemptively trying to find the guy that would fill Sil- Sylvester's shoes whenever he uh, left the territory?
2: Uh, you know, I never really thought about that. Um And, you know, and so so what was the match, JYD and Butch Reed?
1: It was Butch Reed who would, I know that, you know, down the road when JYD would leave, Bill Watts would kind of try to make Butch Reed his new JYD. Um, So, yeah, just seeing that Butch Reed is going over uh, against JYD in the Superdome and winning that North American title, I was like, maybe Watts was starting to see the writing on the wall that like, hey, look, I can't keep JYD here forever. He's going to go after that big money. Yeah, Uh, I
2: think you're right. And you know, uh, again, Butch Reed, Butch Reed, good good guy, uh, pretty good worker, but but Butch Reed never had that over the top charisma, right? If you know what I mean. Uh, he was he was good good solid hand, but that's just my opinion. He didn't have the over the top charisma uh, like JYD. I mean, uh, Butch Reed didn't you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I this is one interview JYD cut on me. He said DBIC, he said you can't come like a cabbage, all head no rear. You got to bring some to get some. <laughs> I was just like, wow, where did that come from? But that uh, was just JYD.
1: Man, uh, it's like you know it, Watts. God bless him for giving him a shot, but like trying to replace a guy like JYD, nope.
2: Oh yeah, hard, hard to replace that. Yeah. Impossible. But I think you're, you're probably right.
1: The 721 episode, yourself and Mr. Olympia would successfully defend the tag titles against Johnny Rich and Tim Horner uh, with a loaded boot from Olympia and the power slam from you to get the job done. And we'll wrap up July in Mid-South in memorable fashion. On the 728 episode, you'd team up with Bundy again. But this time you're taking on Johnny Rich and your future tag team partner, Dr. Death Steve Williams. We're going to drop in on the final moments of the match as Bundy and Dr. Death are set to square off.
0: Here we go. You hear the sparks fly. You see the doc clap his hands when Bundy came he in. Loves he loves it. Tremendous.
1: Monsters here.
0: They measure each other. Tie up, collar and elbow. Hey, they're both pretty cautious. They're both respecting that size and strength. One thing, you can never forget that mass. Doc found out once against Mitch Shelton when he went under him on Gallagher Hall. And by gosh, if you get that... Oh! Oh! Boy, Bundy might have got a broken nose out of that one. Doc is firing away. Tag is made. DiBiase in. Doc is hammering DiBiase, too. Johnny Rich is taking a piece of Bundy. Johnny Rich wanted some of that action. I don't know, Johnny. That Bundy. Oh, they doubled up on him. Oh, look at. Doc got him in sort of a stampede. Got a three. Got a three. Doc got a three count. Dr. Death and Johnny Rich beat King Kong Bundy and Ted DiBiase. He got a three count. Boy, you and I heard it. Ring it. Ring it! Ring it! They going, continuing on. Bundy trying to get Doc and DiBiase. Match is over. The match is over doc has run their heads together he's All not, not going to quit fighting i think they've just found they just found somebody that just wants it a little bit more i don't know what they're doing here the match is over I think there should be another referee down here trying to stop this thing. I, the match is over, and it's a victory for Bundy and, I mean, for Dr. Death.
1: Man, that was that was great stuff. You yeah. had to be standing on the apron when Dr. Death and Bundy squared up like, hey, all right, let's see well, how this goes.
2: Yeah, and, and as I watched that, there had to, you know, I can't remember the match now. Uh, that's way too long ago, but, I mean, watching that, I mean, watching it, I mean uh, there had to be some confusion there somewhere. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you know, when the referee counted three that that was, you know, was supposed to be the end of the match or, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Because I, I, it, it just looked like we continued. I don't know.
1: That's uh, what I was going to ask like, you about. Because, yeah. yeah, you guys continued it. And it, there was definite confusion where it's like <clears throat> you, you guys didn't look like the match was over and uh yeah like when i saw it i was like was bundy supposed to take the fall but he put his arm up like accidentally uh yeah i
2: don't know i I can't remember but i but i i can guarantee you this we heard about it (laughs) we heard about it back in the back in the dressing room for bill i can guarantee you you know there was a chewing out
1: for somebody you could hear that Bill was like a little bit flabbergasted and he's, he kind of keeps reiterating like, okay, the match is over. That's it. He pinned him. That's it. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what the circumstances were, yeah. but Bundy's shoulders definitely were not down. So <laughs> I wonder if he's the one who got the heat from bill when you guys did get backstage. Yeah. Or, or if his, if his shoulder wasn't down, maybe the referee got the, the heat. Somebody needed to cause yeah. man <laughs> that was, yeah. that was problem. Uh, So doc was considered one of the toughest men in wrestling history. Um, and he actually started right at the exact same time as Aaron Anderson. Um, did you see that main event potential in him? Like Jim Ross and Bill Watts were so confident. Uh,
2: you know, when I when I met Doc, I mean, oh my gosh, number one, uh, a lot of personality. And, um, you know, uh, right off the get go, you know, um, I didn't. I mean, it was kind of like, uh, but tough and just i mean i mean steve williams didn't realize how i mean that was probably one of the strongest guys that naturally that i've ever met uh and 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 a real good guy and i believe that the reason that bill eventually put him with me was to help him come along and he definitely came along
1: man irreplaceable look uh just yeah big big i mean you saw him there he he picked up bundy oh. and slammed him which is oh, 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 incredible yeah. i
2: mean i don't and I, I i would imagine bundy was surprised too i don't think any, i don't think anybody else has ever picked bundy up and slammed
1: it. i don't think bundy was ready for it cuz he kind of like dead weighted but he got him up anyways Man, it was it was wild. And let me tell you, our first look back here at Mid-South was an absolute blast today. That wraps up the month of July. We'll keep dropping in like this here and there on, on Mid-South so that we can kind of squeeze every ounce of the story of Mid-South out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we go, I do want to remind you all that if you'd like to get this podcast on video with no commercials, the only place to do it is at Network.com. They've got a ton of sports, entertainment, other shows. We're talking about RVD has a podcast, Sabu. Uh, My friend Efren does the Game Event Game Show over there. There's just so much incredible content over there, whether you're a wrestling fan, sports fan, just a a fan of entertainment. You've got to sign up for Premier Plus at PremierStreamingNetwork.com. Also, if you're enjoying our show and uh, you're listening on your podcast app, do us a favor. Just take a minute. Give, uh, give us a like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. That kind of stuff helps us out a ton. And we are going to be back next week. But in the meantime, we'd love to interact with you guys on social media at Ted Pod on all social media platforms. You can also follow Ted at MDMTTedDibiase on his social media. Follow me at Marcus PD Angelo on Twitter, and follow Premier Streaming Network at Watch On Premier on Twitter and at Premier Streaming Network on Instagram and Facebook. Dad, that's going to wrap us up for this week. A fun look back here, forty years. Wow.
2: Yeah, man. That's like, uh, yeah, it's 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 really cool. I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm watching this and I, I I'm I'm watching I'm looking at me, you know, and and my body and
1: my you know, like, oh, and go, what
2: the heck happened? <laughs> Ted, you know, when
1: uh, when do you think was the last time you saw some of this footage Have oh you ever? gosh I, I,
2: it's been it's been a long time it has uh, been a long time so
1: man i i'm i'm fortunate to be able to witness this stuff with you maybe for the first time ever since yeah, it happened yeah. um, i'm glad that we're doing it and uh, i know that we've certainly got a lot more in store for our listeners right
2: that's awesome so uh as i go Number one, Marcus, thank you. And everybody else, just remember, everybody's got a price for the million-dollar man.
1: (laughs) We will catch you guys next week right here on Everybody's Got a Pod.